Hi everyone, welcome to the Restoring Rapport podcast. My name is Seth Hensley and this is a show dedicated to young believers pursuing the goal of healthy marriage and family. You know, we live in a world where getting married and starting a family is far too often postponed for longer than God designed and pushed to the back burner in favor of less important things. But the good news is that it doesn't have to stay this way. As young believers, we have the choice to prioritize what matters most in our lives every day and to live face to face with God and others. Every Thursday and Sunday on this show, I'll be sharing research, conducting interviews, and reviewing articles on the importance of marriage and family for society. I'll also be releasing exclusive content such as spoken word poetry, allegorical short stories, and bonus episodes for subscribers. Friends, God did not set us up to live life alone. The truth of the matter is that every minute of your adult life that you wait to marry is a minute of your life that you're not spending with your life partner. While some might be content to live with the consequences of this arrangement, I would argue that those who wish to spend as much of their life as possible with their mate are perfectly within reason and soundness of value to do so. It is my deepest hope that this podcast inspires Generation Z to pursue marriage, become the best spouses and parents the world has ever seen, serve with furious intentionality, love well, and discover the joy of hanging the moon for another. To access my sources, subscribe to the show, or get your copy of my latest book, visit anchor.fm slash seth-hensley or check out the show notes of each episode. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 88 of the Restoring Report podcast. I'm super excited for the content we've got planned out for you guys today. As always, this is a podcast about keeping marriage and family as central goals for young believers and prioritizing relationship in a world of many distractions. And today I've got a really cool article review for you guys. I'm going to be reviewing an article by The Daily Wire. It was written by Jordan Peterson and the title is Family Dinners, Shared Meals, and the Importance of Social Engagement. Obviously, for those of you who have listened to this show for any length of time whatsoever, you're going to recognize that title is something that we definitely want to talk about. So this is going to be a really good episode. Also, because I really like the work of Jordan Peterson, for those of you who haven't checked him out yet, my goodness, what are you waiting for? Uh, the man is an intellectual genius that hasn't been, you know, somebody of his caliber has not been on the planet since Einstein, in my opinion. Uh, once again, he's just very brilliant, but not only is he very brilliant, more importantly, he has a very good worldview. He has a high view of family. He has a high view of marriage. In fact, just recently, he has launched an entire documentary series that I am so excited to watch. I have not started it yet, but it is on the importance of marriage and the importance of particularly men uh, pursuing the goal of marriage rather than other goals. So that he's just right in line. Everything he says, it's just so cool to see things that we've talked about on this show for years finally being declared from such a public platform uh, like The Daily Wire and Jordan Peterson. They have massive followings. Jordan Peterson actually hosts the number one listened to education podcast, to my knowledge, in the world. Um, incredibly a famous man, such a high influence, uh, of, of re, he has such a high reach. You, you've definitely heard of Jordan Peterson if you're listening to my voice right now. Uh, and obviously you either like him or you hate him because he's just, he's just got such very, um, uncommon advice, but also very good advice. If you ask me, that's one, one of the reasons I agree with him. So let's go ahead and dive right into this article. It says the following is a transcript excerpt from Dr. Jordan Peterson's conversation with Warren Farrell. On the role of fathers, on the role fathers play in a child's development, you can listen or watch the full episode on Daily Wire Plus. Uh, the podcast time is an hour and sixteen minutes. Obviously, this article is an abridged version. We're not going to go that long, but let's go ahead and get into it. Imagine your family has a story, and the story is where we came from, where we are, and where we're going together as a unit. Then each of the individuals within that story has a story. 
What you're doing in those family dinners, that interaction time, is you're taking the individual story threads and you're weaving them together to make the collective story that keeps everyone up to date, on the same page, and able to empathize in a deep manner. Because I, because if I don't know where you are or what you're up to, I can't figure out what you're thinking or feeling. So I have to know what story you're acting out right now, and so do you. In order for you to know that, and for me to know that, you have to be able to tell that your story, and I have to be able to ask you questions about it. Uh, based on that first paragraph, the language he's using is uh, language that I'm really familiar with. Um, some things that stood out to me. Uh, family, uh, quote-unquote, together as a unit. That's very much family team's language. Um they really talk about the importance of having family as the, the main building block of culture rather than the individual. Uh, I also noticed story, the word story popping up very, very frequently in there. That's another word that has actually become common in university circles um, based on my personal experience today. And um, one of the very few things that I actually liked about university when it came to lectures. So uh, great points there. And again, Dr. Jordan Peterson, I think he has like 30 some PhDs. Uh, is his actual educational level. He has at least 30. Um, so, I mean, he's a very highly educated man. If you, I've never even seen somebody that highly educated. So he's really the most educated in the sense of, uh, you know, gone through college that much. Um, <laughs> just an, an unbelievable level of education there. But continuing on, I think the other thing that's really important about the shared meal is that, you know, human beings are really weird creatures because we sh seriously share food and we're social eaters. People don't eat well if they don't eat on their own, if they eat on their own. It's deeply rooted into us, the idea of sharing food. Part of the extended process of socialization is to get everybody to sit down around food, to be polite and thankful for the fact of the food and to enjoy that and then also be able to give and take all that's being shared. I would say if the most fundamental element of socialization is something like the embodiment of rough and tumble play, the next layer on top of that would be the ability to sit down and share food and have civil civilized discourse. Hi guys, this is just a quick reminder that you can use the link in the show notes to send me a voice message with a comment or a question. And then it says, Dr. Jordan Peterson continues the conversation on what constitutes civilized discourse at the family table a few minutes later in the discussion. And then he goes on to say this... <clears throat> Part of it is to know the story before you offer criticism. Carl Rogers had good advice about that. You probably already know this, but it's worth reiterating for people who don't. Rogers' rule was, when you're listening to someone, first of all, don't assume either you or they know what they're talking about or what they're going to say. <laughs> Very interesting. That's good. People think that people think by talking. So you have to give them a chance to get it all out before you jump on it because they might change their own mind midstream. So that's important. Let them formulate the problem before you jump in with criticism. But then the next thing is, and I really love this and I get, think it's really useful, that once the person has laid out their story, you get to say, this is what I heard you say. Do you agree with my formulation? That stops the listener. First of all, it indicates to the speaker that the listener actually listened. That's extremely important. That's, in my opinion anyway, that's a lot of things I'll tell you in marriage counseling that I've witnessed is uh, we listen to respond and not listen to understand. That's something that I've heard from Danny Silk, from Making Away a Marriage, uh, from lots of these awesome um, counseling organizations. Um, even Anatomy of Marriage and a couple others, I think, have said that same thing. So it's a, it's a really common thing. It's a really common piece of advice that 
um, that marriage counseling will give you is to don't listen to respond, listen to understand. And that's exactly what uh, Jordan Peterson is saying here. And that makes sense to me as well, because Jordan Peterson actually has some years in counseling couples as well. I think he has quite a few years in counseling couples. So he's seen uh, marriage problems more than your average person. And he's actually tried to help people fix those, which props to him for doing that. My goodness, that's a hard job. It's what I want to do eventually. Um, and we need more of that in the world today for sure. First of all, it indicates to the speaker that the listener actually listened. Or if there's an error, then the speaker can say, no, that's not what I meant at all. And then there could be some clarification. But it also forces the listener to not turn the speaker into a straw man. It isn't only that I have to summarize what you said. I have to summarize what you said in a way that you agree with. That's also a useful technique if there happens to be some wide variation in verbal ability among the participants. And there might be because of age, for example. If you're somewhat incoherent and stuttering and partial in your formulation, if I'm an older sibling, say I might be able to summarize it back for you in a way that's actually helpful to you from the perspective of a cognitive scaffold. And that scaffolding language you just used there is something that I've heard like 10 billion times in my child development classes. Um, that's a term that uh, Vygotsky, Lev Vygotsky, I believe, coined um, in addition to the zone of proximal development that talks about scaffolding is referring to what an individual is capable of achieving with the help of another um, as compared to what an individual is capable of achieving by themselves. And what you'll notice is with kids, kids are always capable of achieving more with the um, guidance of an adult than they are just by themselves. And that's because children are learn are designed to learn in the context of uh, being with an older person who knows what they're doing and learning, imitating their model, the behavior that is modeled for them, um, which is just a beautiful thing. I love to see kids learning that way. It's really amazing, guys. I've gotten to see kids learning uh, in really cool ways since I became a teacher. And it's, it's really, have you ever just watched, just if you have, ever have an opportunity, just sit down and watch a child doing anything and there is a learning process going on there. It's absolutely incredible to watch. You can literally just watch how their eyes and their hands and their problem solving approach changes um, as they encounter problems and overcome those problems and whatever task they're doing. Even if it's something as simple as playing with a toy or, um, you know, picking up their jacket that's stuck in a, you know, a couch or something, they, they go through a series of problem solving steps. It's really, it's really cool to watch. Um, but continuing on here, we know that human beings organize their personalities at the highest level through narrative, and that narrative is not only thought, it's spoken. You speak your personality into being in these sorts of shared environments that you're describing. Without that, your story is fragmented and incoherent, and so are you. If shared meals weren't so important, he used a profane word there, people wouldn't have evolved the capacity to engage in them, right? They're central to our social life. To have that abandon in the family is really a catastrophe. And guys, this, the, the, the social event meals are something that has been abandoned in, in our daily life. Even in my own personal life, I recognize the draw to, uh, the temptation to abandon that, that practice. And I really, I really don't like it because the reason that there's a temptation to, um, you know, abandon the practice of sharing a meal together in the evenings as a family or even in the afternoon, whenever you have the chance to do so, is because we have so many extracurriculars and programs and ministries and jobs and basically external demands that require us to give them their time that we don't have, we essentially don't feel like we have time for a meal in the evening. And because everybody's doing such different things, as that's the case with my family, we all have different schedules. So it's very difficult for us to uh, keep that 
that meal protected. Um, and often we fail in that. We often we fail in that. You guys have seen me. I don't want you to ever get the impression that what I talk about, I am perfect at. This is not something that I'm, you know, I would say I'm flawless in by any means. I definitely struggle to, um, my family struggles to keep the eating time together protected. Um, you know, but that's not to say that we're not trying, you know, and here's something that we found to be helpful. We, we have found it to be really helpful to have a weekly rhythm, um, of a family night where we all go on Friday night, uh, to either eat a meal at home together or we go out to eat or we go out to do something together. Um, and that's something that I will say we've, we've protected quite faithfully and successfully throughout the years. Um, and that's something that I wouldn't trade for, you know, just about anything. So I'm really, really glad we've done that. And to have that every day as a, as a daily rhythm would be even more awesome. If you ask me, um, capped off by a large or more special event, more special weekly rhythm at the end of the week on a Friday or Saturday or Sunday. Um, but overall, I think we're doing, you know, we're doing, we're doing our best and uh, everybody else is as well, uh, if they're aware of the problem. So, uh, really excited for that, that principle to be, again, shared through such a popular platform, such as Daily Wire. Um, you know, I love to see truth spoken when it's spoken from a platform that has reach. It's really, it's really good. I love to see that. Um, again, here's a little bit more about, um, Jordan Peterson. He's a clinical psychologist and professor at University of Toronto from 93 to 98. He served as an assistant, then associate professor of psychology at Harvard. He is the international bestselling author of Maps of Meaning, 12 Rules for Life and Beyond Order. You can now listen or watch his popular lectures on Daily Wire Plus. So for those of you who are interested in uh, getting access to all Jordan Peterson's work, he has a, you know, a great YouTube channel that is now less active, I believe, as he's doing more of his work through Daily Wire and the subscription program that they offer. I just recently subscribed, actually a couple minutes before this episode started, I subscribed uh, for the first time to get access to the incredible library and volume of content that they've been producing recently that I am just downright interested in. It's right up the alley of this show, so prepare to have a lot of reactions and reviews coming your way there on the reading front. And if you're interested in watching the uh, films and documentary series and lectures and all the uh, video content that they have as well, I would encourage you to subscribe to Daily Wire Plus, and we'll drop the link in the show notes to do so if you are interested. If you guys enjoyed this episode, I'm going to go ahead and end it. If you enjoyed this episode, reach out, let me know what you thought. Um, Reach out, let me know what you think of Jordan Peterson and how he's impacted your life, particularly if you're a man, but especially if you're a woman as well, because I really want to hear, um, I hear a lot of guys who are, you know, positively impacted by Jordan Peterson, but I haven't heard the the woman's perspective on on him as much. So reach out and let me know what you thought of, of Jordan Peterson, what you think of him, uh, if you would like to do so. You can do so through the link in the show notes where you can send me a recorded voice message in your own voice telling me what you think of the show, thanking me for creating the content, giving me a question or a comment, anything you want at all. I'd love to hear from you that way. It makes me feel super connected to my audience. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you listen there as well. It's, it's super appreciated. That helps the show grow helps us more people find us and helps the people that do find us think we actually have something to say. So uh, rate and review if you haven't done that already. And also you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Restore Report if you're interested in the content we post there as well. So thank you guys so much for listening today and we will talk to you next time.